Hi, my name is Maisha. And my name is Zara. And you're listening to That's What They Said. Where we break down the them versus us narrative. Before we dive into our episode, just letting everyone know that you, if you have any comments or feedback, any thoughts you'd like to share, we're available on Instagram. Our handle is at That's What They Said Podcast. On Twitter, you can tweet at us. It is our handle is as <laughs> What They, they Said, said CA. CA. Um, you can also email us if you want. Uh, our email is That's What They Said CA gmail at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. We're also we're available on Apple Podcast and Spotify and also on Deezer and on podbean.com you just have to search that's what they said CA so yeah subscribe follow and please do spread the word all right so let's dive right in so unlike representation and colors of foundation shades beauty comes in a wide range of colors sizes and brands or you know at least it should and that's why today we're discussing the unrealistic beauty standards that no doubt all of us have been subjected to Men, women, transgender people, non-binary people, they've all been subjected to different beauty standards, but our personal experiences are obviously in the issues that women face. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. So I think growing up for the longest time, you know, we thought uh, or what we saw in media being represented as is blonde hair, blue eyes, Mm -hmm. fair skin, skinny people. I mean, that was sort of like the ideal standard. And, you know, the manifestation of that is, for example, in Victoria's Secret, their runway models, right? That's what they were. Most of them were blondes, beautiful, fair, uh, skinny. I mean, and you thought that, you know, growing up, I I used to see those shows, fashion shows, and I'd be like, wow, those models are very beautiful. And I was not at all like that. Right, so I think you're beautiful. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Um, But I think growing up, you know, I used to think of that is the standard, Mm -hmm. and I think like me, so many, so many other people did as well. So many other young women did as well, and I think today the objective of our episode is honestly to deconstruct the beauty standards that the world that thought was ideal and as young women we grew up and when I say young women I'm talking about women of different shapes women of color and you know we're also going to dive touch into how beauty standards were also defined for men and even gender non-conforming people uh, but mainly we're going to focus on through the lens of women we do hope in the future to do another episode for beauty standards that are focused through the lens of men and gender non-conforming people uh, because I don't think that we can pack all of it in one episode. Mm-hmm. So today, for today's episode, we actually reached out to a bunch of our friends to ask what unrealistic beauty standards they grew up with, how they feel the industry is changing with respect to both fashion and uh makeup and where is the representation lacking and where do they see it heading Mm -hmm. and the thing is Zara and I having attended you know college like UBC we have a very diverse group of friends so the girlfriends we reached out to to get their opinions were all from different ethnicities and different cultures so we were able to capture for episodes different ideas and thoughts Mm -hmm. and what each of them thought was the standard and yeah so let's move into the first first question that we're trying to address. Yeah. So the first question that we asked most of our friends, and it's probably a question that a lot of us have, mm-hmm. is or not have, but a lot of a question that kind of encompasses what we've all felt mm-hmm. as we grew up was, 
as a woman, what are some of the beauty standards that you grew up with? Mm-hmm. Basically, what did you think was beautiful or what was the ideal that was expected of a woman when you mm-hmm. were growing up? And were they particular to your culture or where you grew up? So the main issues that we noted while we were kind of going through what our friends had told us was biggest commonality was skin color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even for, say, Caucasian women as well as black, Asian, South Asian women, skin color was definitely one of the most common issues. So for black women as well as Asian women as well as South Asian women, the biggest, I guess, ideal that they were subjected to was being fair-skinned. Oh, yes. Yeah, is what I think, yeah, I think every we definitely know that fair skin is something that society wants people to strive to mm-hmm. achieve, right? And um, in Latin America, a healthy tan, which, yeah, I didn't know that, but yeah, healthy tan is what's desirable, so not too pale, not too dark, and then say in more um, North American Caucasian or white women, a tan is kind of desirable. Like Yeah, I mean, yeah. you think about the tanning studios, right? Mm-hmm. Or Like um, for any red carpet events, celebrities are going through tanning, yep. they're going to, yeah, try to make themselves glow a little from the tan. I mean, that's why, you know, you always see like, you know, they're tan, you, they have to switch between, you know, I don't know, like bronze, they want to be bronzed up, right? To give mm-hmm. that uh, idea. So yeah, that's yeah. there. So basically through the different cultures, skin color is there, but not necessarily the same ideal for no. skin color. Mm-hmm. So going back to South Asian women as well as Asian and uh, black women, a lot of people were told, don't stay out in the sun too long, you're going to get dark. Or why don't you try mm-hmm. these remedies, homemade remedies with like say sandalwood, with um, like cucumber and these just like... Sand, like paste that you would put on your face to make you lighter. If you, yeah, if, yeah. And if, if, Homemade I, remedies I by grandmas and yeah. moms. Being yeah. like, here, put this on for 10 yeah. minutes and you're going to get fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and these are like, you know, basic skincare things, but the way they were sold to us was like they're going to make you fairer and brighter. Yeah. So even though they're really just clarifying your skin and making yeah. you glow from within, it's like, unfortunately, it's sold as to make you yeah. fair skinned. And I think in, in um, both in... In Africa and in Asia, so in those parts of the world, and actually our part of the world, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, skin lightening was huge, right? I mean, worldwide, it's estimated that skin lightening is going to be a $31.2 billion industry mm-hmm. by 2024. That's worldwide, right? Yeah. And even if I look into just India, for yeah, example, it's where a big there, yeah, for sure. skin lightening is huge there, right? Um, there, I think it's almost 500 to $600 million of skin lightening. That's mm-hmm. how big the industry is, right? Yeah. Um, so I think uh, skin lightening encompasses like bleach facials, you know, skin lightening creams, and of course, like don't t- stay too long in the sun, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of these um, fantasies about white skin or fairer skin, right? Or striving to have fairer skin is because you associate a fairer skin with a greater self-worth, yeah. right? And a lot of these ideas actually stem from if you think about it colonization in a way right because you think about in the indian subcontinent the history of colonization is you know there were the dutch there were the portuguese there were the british people all were primarily caucasians white people so the idea of fair skin being the best being what you should strive for stems from the fact that colonizers or the invaders were fair-skinned yeah and if they treated the darker skin, which was the local people on the continent, yeah, so that has to be so a superior to strive for would be fair skin. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So you'll notice that in and this in India it's a huge thing, and in India I would say even in Bangladesh uh, because our cultures are so similar. Um, having a fair skin is what everyone strives for, and this is a brand that is 
that's captured 50% of the market share in India for skin lightening products. It's called Fair and Lovely yeah. <laughs> by Unilever. And it's huge. Like, I'm talking about even, like, Bollywood superstars yeah. who endorse the product. Yeah, I think everyone's been either handed a Fair and Lovely yeah. by someone or has bought it out of curiosity or because they've yeah. been brainwashed by society. Exactly. I definitely and, have. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, you know, just Western brands and one would be surprised even in India they will sell a lot of skin lightening products like Nivea, Garnier, yeah. Pons, uh, etc. Yeah, and what's funny is that when you buy these brands here, say Garnier or uh, Dove, you don't necessarily find creams or face washes that say light or no. brightening, brightening maybe, but light or no. white. Yeah. It's not written on the marketing in North America, but it's yeah. everywhere in yeah. that part of the world. Oh, for sure, yeah. right? And surprising thing is, is many of these products have been known or research found that they have mercury in them, which mm-hmm. can cause rashes, kidney damage, and even cancer. And, uh, you know, this this idea of striving to lighten your skin is, is even like, as I said, not just in the subcontinent, yeah. in Africa, in uh, Far East Asia, countries like Philippines, uh, it's, it's almost everywhere where there, there was colonization, right? Yeah. By perpetuating the idea that a lighter complexion will make you more desirable, Western beauty standards, like, continue to feed a global market that profits off women's insecurities. So the idea is that, you know, and at the end of it, the whole thing circles around the fact that your skin tone determines your self-worth. Let it be your economic value or your social value, how you're seen in the society, right? How desirable you are. Not just in, um, not just for your personal life as opposed to relationships, but even professional life. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're darker, you honestly could not be hired. Yeah, and then, you know, in many parts of the world, with your resume and with your CV, they ask for a photo. Yeah. So that puts you up for a lot of discrimination if you don't meet those ideals that are set in that country, right? I mean, and discrimination based on your skin color is yeah, called exactly. colorism oh yeah, yeah. right yeah colorism. and that's that's exactly what you're talking about right mm-hmm. because not being a light skin or white skin you actually have a lot of penalties mm-hmm. your life becomes very difficult you have a lot of disadvantages so those yeah. who have a light skin are very privileged yeah like even in sure. um even in say for example if i talk about india or even in bangladesh like if you're a darker skin you will hear snide comments even in like upper class societies, I would say middle class and more yeah. educated societies, you would hear that, that, oh, you know, yeah. you're kind of like a bit darker. Yeah, or there's a sense of pride in people who are, say, lighter skin because they've kind of been told their whole life that they're prettier than the rest of yeah. the people around them. So they have an air of maybe arrogance. Not even, like, but I feel like it's... That, that kind of puts like, other people down. Yeah, but that arrogance comes from the fact that society kind of like pushes them up right mm-hmm, like yeah. puts them, and it's kind of not their fault it's also them trying to survive those women specifically yeah. right trying to survive in the society yeah for sure it's not their fault but it's like unfortunately yeah. they yeah. get pitted against each other yeah. or compared mm-hmm. that, that's exactly you know it's a good word you just said pitted against each other yeah, yeah. so that go we can go into our next topic which is body type is what we found yeah. is another commonality between the different people that we've talked to and you know Previously, the the ideal body type was different from what it is now. So I think before it was more of being a skinny or like a thin or slender type figure was more on trend. And now we're seeing curves are very in. So say hourglass figure, big boobs, a big behind, but... Big you know, butts. big butts. <laughs> and um, yeah, and that obviously can lead to a lot of shaming of the other body type. Mm-hmm. And the common form of shaming is obviously the one that can really have dire consequences on people is fat shaming. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like, you know, to be fat is something 
it's, it's a stigma. It's a social yeah. stigma that, you know, people who are called fat yeah. and shamed for their body, they have to bear with it every day. Yeah. And, you know, if research has shown that being overweight makes it harder for people to get a job, yeah. get promoted, yes. more likely to even earn less. Yeah. And I would say that in our part of the world, so in India, in Bangladesh, you know, if you are fatter, your chances at not just job market, or even in relationships, is a factor. Yeah. Like, you're too fat. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that kind of plays into how people yeah. see you, even romantically. Yeah, and I think, like, now, even with the trend of being curvier, with, say, bigger boobs, bigger butt, fat shaming is still there, because oh, yeah. if you're still overweight, you're heavily discriminated against yeah. still. So regardless of the trend that's in, fat shaming is always going to be a problem and people it really affects people to be getting such negativity from everywhere around yeah. them and obviously to to your work that's horrible like the fact that you're discriminated against for work for everything that's for wrong. yeah and just the mental consequences that come along with that it's yeah just because you know then you're a lot of people are like suffering from depression low self-esteem because yeah they're, a lot of their worth is being based on their weight. Yeah. You could be brilliant. You could be smart and, you know, beautiful. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because your worth is associated with your weight. Right? Yeah. And then many people argue, like, why would you want to be promoting some, like, an unhealthy lifestyle? Like, mm-hmm. being fat. Like, obviously, being overweight is mm-hmm. unhealthy, right? But the, the point here is you get to stages in your life where you are, say, overweight at a certain time in your life or you're whatever, but it's not like you want to be at that stage, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to be taking steps or going to eventually take steps to reduce Mm -hmm. to a healthy weight. But in the moment that you're there, you shouldn't be made to feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah, because no one's, no one's, I don't think anybody argues that. No one intentionally wants to be. Yeah, and like, no, I don't think any, um, like when they say body positivity, I don't think anybody that's overweight is saying everybody should be overweight or you should love me for being overweight or I'm right for being overweight. They're saying, this is who I am right now, accept me, let me work on my weight. Yeah. Exactly. To be that's, healthy. That's, yeah, that's yeah. actually a really good way mm-hmm. to put it. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of a lot of fat people to say, right? I've seen a lot of people who've been called fat, but they're actually healthy. Like yeah. I would say that they've you know, they've they've not at least a lot of people that I've met with, they don't they they don't have severe health problems. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about extremely obese people. I'm talking about even people who Honestly, they're not really fat, no. but just because they're not thin, they're they don't meet fat. the ideal that exactly is set. the ideal standard, right? Yeah. I don't know how many times I've been called overweight, and I look back at those pictures, and I'm like, oh my god, I was so oh. normal. This was that was so healthy. Oh, that god. was totally okay. But just because of my cult, our culture at that time, I guess even Bangladesh and here, like if you're just like a little bit more than that ideal thin, thin, or even if you don't have, if you have curves, even if you have a little bit of fat extra from your curves, it's like you're, you're fat. fat, and it makes you feel bad, like even though you're not overweight you think that you are like oh my god I look horrible in those jeans and then you look at a picture like I look perfectly yeah I mean, like so, <laughs> so uh, me and I have two more sisters so we're three sisters and I remember when I was a kid I would be called oh compared to my sisters I was the fatter and the darker one mm. and you know like I was just like what like yeah. you know and my mom never my mom never paid attention to those things because she was just like ignore it it's yeah. bullshit but you know a lot of a lot of relatives made those comments and yeah. i was always like that's kind of mean because yeah what is it based on yeah same thing like my sister was always um a bit heavier mm-hmm. she was overweight and then she's darker skin than i am so we yeah. were always compared to each other and it's like in in 
in maybe complimenting me, they would diss her. And then yeah. and sometimes they'd be like, but she's so pretty if only she wasn't dark and fat. And then they'd compare us and be like, she's prettier than the little one, but the little one's fairer and skinnier. Which so is that's the younger, higher. I'm, the, the, younger, I'm the little one. So it's just like they're insulting both of us. But obviously they're, they're hurting my sister the most because those are just like very things that are very looked down upon and it's really affected her and that's that's not fair right thankfully we still love each other but they did compare us a lot yeah and and that's not fair right because at the end of the day a lot of and i'm putting this in quotes like fat people are actually really healthy right so and then there are really skinny and thin people who are not at all healthy so i think it's body you shouldn't shame fat people because they might actually be healthier than you Mm -hmm. and secondly Fat shaming does nothing. It, it calling someone fat doesn't motivate them to lose weight or exactly, anything. Yeah. You're just literally tormenting them. You know, you're mm-hmm. hitting them their self esteem. You're just making their everyday life pretty yeah, hard. In fact, you're pushing them into say depression and and in that state, sometimes you don't even want to do anything about yeah. say the health problems you have, and it's causing them to get worse. Yeah. And then another, I guess, body type that's kind of discriminated against is girls being athletic or fit. Oh yes. Yeah. Thankfully. In today's time, I feel like I see a lot more women who are very fit, who are promoting their healthy lifestyle, their workout routine. So I'm glad that's changing. But yeah, I remember um, just maybe even five or six years ago talking to people who were going to the gym and they would not want to do weights because they thought it would make them look too muscular or too yeah. too much like a man. Yeah. Yeah. And I do remember even family members when I started going to the gym, which I don't go to anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> I, at one point in life, I did want to go to the gym and um, I would try to do like weights and yeah. like aunts and like other family members would be like don't do too much you're gonna you're gonna look like a man then yeah it's ridiculous right <laughs> yeah and like now i look at fit women with muscles and i'm like damn like you look good yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah i mean that there was that stereotype right like women are supposed to be more feminine mm-hmm. like what if muscles are not feminine so yeah, muscles apparently. don't fit the standard yeah. right and uh, then if you think about how um so at least based on the response we've gotten, like, you know, in Latin American culture, it, especially having that hourglass shape is desirable. Um, then yeah. that's how it is, apparently. And then for um, African women who are blessed with curves, yeah. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I think Latin American women and African women are blessed with beautiful curves. Yeah. Um, you know, so for African women, it's very rare to hear a woman complain about their boobs or butt, butt and wanting to enhance them. The more concerning issue... For them, is honestly their face, so mm. like skin lightening. Yeah. Um, so that's the bigger issue, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think at the end of the day, now the body type that's being embraced is only now we say, right? Like, you can be curvy, you can have muscles, but before it was not okay yeah. to have that. And if you're different from that, you face a lot of shit. Yeah, a lot of criticism, unnecessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, that reminds me, like, in South Asian cultures, in our cultures, being skinny, it's it's kind of, it's celebrated. Like, even when I was just a little bit overweight, people would tell me I'm fat. But at the same time, if you're, if you're say, a more slender and slim figure and you wear mm-hmm. a sari, people criticize you for not having enough curves to look good in a sari. Yeah. Because, like, you need some meat yeah, to wear a sari. Wrapping, you're wrapping a cloth around you so it, like, hugs you at your curves. Yeah. So they say you need to be curvy to f- look nice in a sari, but in general, you need to be slim to look good in life. In our culture. So it's kind of contradictory. You can't win in any way. There's no winning. So basically just be yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And um, (laughs) I think in China, the mainstream is apparently definitely being skinny. So that is the ideal standard there. That Mm -hmm. having a skinny skinny 
body type is what people women strive to have yeah yeah and i think that um you know sometimes uh, you know i've had friends who maybe you know from uh europe say for germany and stuff and they've been told by uh canadians and foreigners that they don't fit the standard definition of what they expect people from that country to be mm-hmm. and you know th- how do you know first of all how are they supposed to be from the other country like yeah should you know more or should the person who's actually born or from that country know? Yeah. Like, you know, don't pass judgments. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. And then but, in European culture, I think they prefer or their ideal is like tall women, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. tall, blonde, like... Blue eyes. Blue eyes. Yeah, we'll get into that more. But like, just like tall, like strong women, maybe? Uh, I, I, I don't yeah, know about strong, but like, yeah. Tall. Tall. Very yeah. tall, like the cared women, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then like, that kind of reminds me, because we're talking about China, um, in in Korea as well, South Korea, like in the K-pop industry, it's known to be very toxic with mm-hmm. some of their uh, female singers. They have very, very unrealistic expectations from fans as well as from their agents and managers mm-hmm. to go on these ridiculous diets to maintain a certain weight. And mm-hmm. this weight is not even like a regular healthy weight. It's like, I would say, like underweight. On like, the point almost, of starvation. Yeah, they apparently they, um, this is just from a little bit of research and like stuff that I've just read on the news randomly yeah. but they've had to take like IV injections during promotional oh, activities damn. because they've just been given like say packets of food like pumpkin juice packets or um they'll just have a smoothie in the morning and then like little packets of food and then they'll survive off of IV injections and, and they're just like rigorous diets wow yeah and it's and then That's the fans cool. themselves are like pushing for their they get angry they have horrible comments on like on the actual singers if female, they're not if they're not maintain if they don't maintain a certain weight and then you'll see manager brutal. being like this person has taken a break from the group because oh. like the fans are mad at them for not being skinny or because the management's mad at them for not maintaining their weight and they oh, kind of just like horrible. kick to the side until they lose the weight or indefinitely yeah that's horrible yeah so these beauty centers really are messed up like, these, these unreasonable beauty standards, they're just really messed up. Since you mentioned unreasonable and messed up, mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> let's talk about arranged marriage in South Asian culture. That definitely so, does matter with the so a lot of people, type and skin color. <laughs> a lot of people, uh, to those who don't know or know what arranged marriage is, to summarize it, it's essentially in our cultures, uh, we have usually parents, if... Say for example, uh, you know, say my say for example, my parent my parents will come to me and be like, okay, you know, there's a potential guy for you, and this could be a guy that you know it could be a family friend's son, a relative friend's son, or whatever. Right? Not a relative son, <laughs> a relative knows someone yeah, yeah, son, yeah. right? And my parents could be like, oh yeah, you know, we have a potential guy, and uh, you know, back like even two decades or so ago, arranged marriage was honesty. It was people the group the guy the bride and the groom don't really talk or mm-hmm. much before actually yeah. getting married but now it has evolved into a more like arranged sl- come love marriage <laughs> where you know once the parents introduce you they literally introduce you saying there's a potential guy and a potential girl for you guys why don't you guys talk yeah. and figure it out and you know if you think it you hit it off just let us know yeah and you know and that's how i think you know some of my friends have gotten married mm-hmm. and 
they've been happily married for a couple of years now. Yeah. So that's Proven the mo- to work, arranged marriage. Exactly. So that's how the arranged marriage concept has evolved for the modern times. And, you know, in a way, arranged marriage, to those who are listening, it's, it's like it's like the dating platform. <laughs> like Tinder and Bumble and all, yeah. right? But instead of a software or like an app on your phone, it's your parents yeah. who bring you the potential guys. And you know they've been vetted, at least things like background, family, yeah. education. They're not going to be a creep. Well, yeah. Personal creep. Personality creep. Their family's going to... Yeah. At least that level of screening is done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but even in arranged marriages in our cultures, things like whether a woman is fat, whether she is darker, and whether she's shorter, those things really matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's sad, but it is what it is. You know, a yeah. woman could be, like, say, in India or in Bangladesh or in Pakistan, I think in our South Asian culture, a woman could be brilliant. She could be a high-earning high individual. Yeah. And beautiful but because say for example literally a potential groom's mom sees her her hears about her or sees her and then she'll be like no she's like too dark or too short or Mm -hmm. too fat for my son yeah and on what basis for all you know your son is not the king yeah (laughs) or the prince your prince maybe but not the world's prince yeah no we definitely had some troubles with my sister she got an arranged marriage as Mm -hmm. well and it was quite a struggle because as i mentioned she was at the time she was overweight and she she, she is dark-skinned, mm-hmm. so it's very hard to find somebody who was and that's ri- enough to not care about that. And that's ridiculous. Yeah, your and sister she's highly has, qualified. Your sister is a PhD. Yeah. Like, hello? Mm-hmm. And she's, like, really tall for a Bangladeshi person. Like, not that that's God. a good additional. But, yeah, like, traditionally speaking, she's, like, she's beautiful. She's got great features. She's she was a good brilliant. height. She was smart. She was, like... And she's also, like, a very nice person. You mm-hmm. know, she's a very, like, helpful, nice person. So... But yeah. you don't put that on the bio yeah. <laughs> hobbies. It's, it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> but it is, it is there that you yeah. know your body type, your skin color. These things really matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, moving to the next part, um, features. Yes. So these are like little things mm-hmm. uh, overall that I think there are some ideal standards. Like say, for example, when it comes to your teeth. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, that's when I was surprised to hear from quite a lot of our friends. Teeth. Right. Yeah, and I didn't think of it. Because some of our friends said that, you know, if your teeth aren't pinned straight, mm-hmm. then people judge you. They don't yeah. think you're beautiful. Exactly. Yeah, or like if your teeth are overlapping, they want you to get braces all the time. Mm-hmm. And I actually think those overbites are really cute on people. Yeah, yeah they yeah. actually look really cute. My younger <laughs> sister actually has like two feet, two, mm-hmm. two teeth. Tooth? I don't know. <laughs> uh, they have on top of her like canines, and it's actually really cute. She really thinks because a lot of people, a lot of classmates used to say that, oh my god, what is wrong with your teeth? But her smile is so cute. Yeah. And she's so beautiful. So I'm like, girl, you're great. Yeah. So basically, like, pearly, if you don't have pearly white teeth or crooked teeth like mm-hmm. your sister, not crooked, overbites like yeah. your sister does or crooked teeth, people perceive you differently yeah that's like something they just don't want like how perfect do you want this person to be that yeah. you're doing such a deep analysis of their face going into teeth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. teeth are there for eating yeah like why <laughs> why are we even on this but unfortunately that's the thing and then actually one of my friends actually mentioned that her brother had actually had a similar teeth issue that she had but people never noticed it in him but they always noticed it about her and mm-hmm. it's such a double standard mm-hmm. that, you know, men have their own beauty ideals or attractiveness that they have to, like, live up to. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, sometimes women get the lower end of yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. yeah. And another one, going kind of back to the to China and Korea, I think many of you know about the double eyelids. Oh, my God. Zara yeah. told me about this. Or yeah. at least it came up in one of her responses. And I was like, what? And Zara showed me a video. And I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was... 
I was like, nope, not watching that video. Yeah, so you know how Asian people, you know, they have smaller eyes. Traditionally, they have smaller eyes. So to make it kind of match that Western ideal of big-eyed beauty, many people think that they need to in, like make their eyes bigger. And to do that, they get the surgery called the double eyelid surgery. Mm-hmm. So it makes their um, eyelids bigger. Or they put tape to give that illusion of like a fold that makes it look like they have an eyelid. Mm-hmm. And like the pictures you see online of these surgeries, they do not look good. And it's just sad. Like, you're born with this. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunately sad. And I think I've heard from certain videos that I've watched that people sometimes give this surgery as a gift for graduation to young girls. Oh, or like God. A, before okay. getting married. Like a, it's sad that, like, it's so ingrained that it's given as a gift now. Can you imagine to be told that your eyelids are not okay? Yeah. Like, are you your kidding me? Your teeth are not okay. Your eyelids are not okay. What's next? Well, yeah, there's nose jobs. People get them all the time. But, like, your nose is not now okay either. I like, when are you gonna stop where do you draw the line yeah. I mean then there's of course skin right yeah like a lot of uh, peop- women including myself mm-hmm. suffered from acne like, either hormonal acne or cystic acne and it's crazy like you know it really I think it really hits your self confidence I when I got acne in like second year of undergrad and it came out of nowhere it's because my skin got wind burnt yeah friction of cold wind my skin was so sensitive the layer literally came off in a way and Mm -hmm. peeled and I had a lot of acne and it was very like I think initially in the first like in six months I was like wait what I've not had acne throughout my teens and now I'm having an undergrad and it was kind of like strange to adapt to because you know you can't really put on makeup and stuff because I was so bothered by putting anything on my skin and I think the first six months it was a big struggle it really was like oh crap like Mm -hmm. what is this on my face and I had a lot of it but then I think after those six months I was like fuck it (laughs) I'm great I'm smart I'm beautiful I don't care about this shit yeah it's just so nice not to have to worry about anything right and like for me my nose was a big issue many people used to back to the whole comparison with my sister your nose yeah my sister has a very (laughs) nice beautiful pointed nose and um i have kind of like a bigger flatter nose and people always used to point that out to me and like i think it only bugged me a little bit but it did bug me even for a second and as like a 11 year old 12 year old girl you don't want to that's ridiculous yeah that's so stupid and then um i think when i was like 15 16 my nose kind of started to get a little straighter yeah because you know as you grow up your features do change a little bit and people literally same people used to be like oh my god your nose got nicer and i'm like (laughs) excuse me what like why are we even having this discussion but yeah and i I did actually now that i think about it i did take a few moments of my Mm -hmm. precious life and wasted thinking on that so imagine doing something else even for like for everyone right Mm -hmm. like when the amount of time effort money Mm -hmm. they spent on like fixing these flaws yeah flaws because it doesn't Perceived match up to the flaws. ideal standard mm-hmm. that the world thinks. It's just ridiculous. But yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. So features is one. But then another thing is overall appearance, mm-hmm. which is kind of everything that we discussed before, then some, you know? Mm-hmm. So on top of, you know, being skinny, being curvy, being sometimes being having big boobs and also a nice butt, but at the same time maintaining a nice small waist and then making sure your teeth are perfect, your skin is perfect, you have to worry about the clothes you're wearing whether you're looking feminine enough whether you're prim and proper yeah whether you're proper whether you look put together whether you have straightened your hair today that overall appearance is also another thing and one of the main things in overall appearance is hair (laughs) yeah so hair in general like going back to south asian culture like i'm a hairy person i have a lot of hair on my arms i used to Mm -hmm. have a mustache and that made me very uncomfortable people would stare at it people would point it out Mm -hmm. people would be like oh you're hairier than a man or like oh why are you getting a mustache and it's 
And on top of that, I have thin hair on my head. So I'm like, oh, you're getting bald on your head. So it's like, <laughs> hair is just not, no, I, like, it's just horrible. I think, and then, you know, and then straight hair on your head is, mm-hmm. at least in uh, Bangladesh, it was, it was the ideal, like having sleek straight hair. Yeah, so those thick, who did, sleek straight yeah, hair. So, so those who didn't have that, like mm-hmm. my younger sister, and then I remember my sis, my older sister's best friend. So both of them didn't have uh, sleek straight hair. you don't have curly. You don't have straight hair either. Yeah, yeah. no, I don't. But um, they had curly, frizzy hair. Like yeah. it was, my younger sister used to call her hair a big bush. Yeah. And, you know, she... she when she was in um, middle school, actually, a lot of her classmates were like, oh, my God, like, you know, you have uh, curly hair. No one's going to like you. Mm-hmm. No one's going to marry you. Like, mean things. Marry you, of course, they go back to that. Like, kids can be mean. Yeah. But, yeah, so, you know, so my younger sister, she used to straighten her hair every day. Every day she would. And imagine the amount of damage it did to her hair. Because, yeah. I mean, thankfully, she had a huge load of hair on her head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, it was every day she used to take that strain because she thought that in front of the world, she couldn't go out with her curly hair yeah. but now i think after her second so that was so two years ago after her second year of undergrad she finally was like she embraced her yeah. curly hair she finally got the courage to do it because i think the world itself started oh yeah for sure like embracing curly yeah. hair i think i'm still scarred from the whole straight hair necessity mm-hmm. because i cannot step out of the house without straightening my hair mm-hmm. and um yeah, you know i like to just that. say that's just how i am yeah but, like why am i like that there's yeah. no reason i'm like that because it's kind of like per- you're perceived to be messy if you have frizzy hair and yeah. i have like very frizzy hair if i don't yeah. straighten it every day it's but, beautiful i think by the way you, yeah for people like you as well as my colleagues like mm-hmm. i think a couple days when i'm late to work i walk into work and like they always tell me sorry you should leave your hair natural more often and it's like it's so reassuring to hear that mm-hmm. but i'm mostly hear that from like other females or like friends yeah but you can like even when you go outside i don't know if it's like just because of the way i see on television or what i see on instagram Mm -hmm. like it's not like they're perfect curls so that's why i don't want to just go outside with them you know yeah Yeah, Yeah. so i think i'm definitely still scarred from that yeah (laughs) i need to work on that but you know but it's just but that's yeah and i'm old and it's still affecting me so yeah there you go i mean i think all of these issues that we highlighted right let it be the body type or the skin color the features the overall appearance like Mm -hmm. even how for women we have so much burden to match up to this ideal standard that who the fuck knows who created yeah but because we have that burden we it's just a lot imagine the amount of time and energy and our mind that we use on this shit like if we use it on something else like yeah life would have been better but mm-hmm. you know it's it's kind of it's kind of horrible like yeah. you know since you even mentioned about hair right for uh for black women they have to like uh use a lot of natural hair relaxers to kind of calm down the hair because it's bigger yeah it's different, different texture yeah, yeah exactly and and they you, do that because that unfortunately in western media you see these like beautiful long blonde straight hair yeah usually on television yeah. right and how how if you don't have and i think we, we've seen it on tvs and different news uh, outlets how if for a lot of black women they're not able to show their natural hair in professional settings yeah. which is ridiculous yeah and because even in schools like i think I'm not sure recently, but maybe a few years back, I've seen like people have been sent home for doing yeah, their hair a certain yeah, way. Yeah. And there usually happens to say in, in America to African-Americans. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's ridiculous, right? Because who, who said that sleek straight hair is the standard, right? Mm-hmm. And because 
a lot of women don't have that. Yeah. Like I don't have. I apologize if I ever said that to anybody. Yeah. I'm a, <laughs> no, me I'm a <laughs> Yeah. But you don't have that. No. So many people don't, right? So mm-hmm. it's kind of sucks that, you know, we have all these unrealistic standards to match up to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, yeah. So that was, I think that was the first, these are the, the issues we talked about. Yeah. yeah. We actually, you know, categorize them based on the responses we got from the different people, the different mm-hmm. women that we interacted with. Yes. And uh, based on that, having talked about how people perceive as beauty standards, yeah. the ideal standard, uh, let's move into the second question that we asked. We asked our girlfriends, um, do you think beauty standards for women are changing for the better? And is there more inclusivity and diversity? Mm-hmm. So I think that the consensus was that yes, yes. there are changing for mm-hmm. the better and there is more inclusivity and diversity yep. and uh, it's exemplified in uh, the greater for example in makeup right yeah, you think about sure. foundation shades yeah the foundation shade is a big one because it's such a huge controversy right mm-hmm. and um when fenty beauty came out with the 40 shades yeah people were stunned like how did she do it shout out to rihanna yeah like but the Truth is, it could have always been done. It's yeah. just that we didn't have enough women of color in the industry who was who were willing to put their money and time into developing a product yeah. for the masses, right? Yeah. For the people who are out there who are actually different colors. Like, she even had a wide array of shades for white people. She had a wide array of shades for Asians, for black people, for... But she American actually, people. like, yeah, it's such a for wide brown women, variety. Yeah, I think yeah. Rihanna actually, different like, pigments, different tones. Like, yeah. yeah, and I think she was, you know, the fact that even for like white women, she had such a variety of shades yeah. to cover from like the pale to like different shades there. And even for black women, because that's the sector that often gets looked over. Yes, yes. Because, you know, makeup industry previously didn't focus on that. Whereas mm-hmm. actually, if, if the makeup industry looked into the numbers, women of color spend a lot on makeup makeup yeah so it's bad business model if you don't focus and target that consumer group yeah nobody wants to look ashy (laughs) (laughs) we need the right shades and like you know what's really the worst part here the the actual travesty here is countries like india have literally seven shades in their foundation lines like lacme they literally at the and their darkest shade is probably like a shade darker than my face and that's for a country filled with beautiful dark people, for dark women and men. Like, why would you stop at a shade or two darker than me? That's like, ridiculous. I'm like a medium tan. Like, yeah. why would you stop there? When a millions in your country, millions of women in your country are a bit dark, quite a bit or quite, depending on whatever shade, they're yeah. darker than that. Yeah, so why could, are you not addressing them? Like, you could argue that they stop there maybe because... They know that their country is being brainwashed by their media to think they need to buy lighter shades to look fairer. But, like, you can change that. Yeah. And I think that's promote what... promote it differently. That's what Rihanna did. She changed exactly. the conversation, right? She yeah. stepped in. She was like, hey, I've got the big box. Mm-hmm. And I'm a woman of color, so I'm going to show you how it's done. I'm going to make money by doing the right thing. And she yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, speaking to that about diversity and actually having women of color out there in the industry creating this for other women of color... Yeah. We have more diverse YouTubers now as oh, well. Yes. Like I know personally for me now when I need to find a shade, I can go search a few YouTubers like Sherry Faisman or Huda Beauty. And like I can go on there and see what shades they've used yep. and kind of match it to yep. mine. And, and the I, same way for black women, there's yep. so many more black YouTubers now. Like, who, like Jackie Aina. Yeah, yeah. And like Cultural Beauty for Brown yep. Women. And then, um, yeah, there's so many. And it's just like great that we can see people using these products out there. Yeah. Yeah, because it really helps. And it's like you can actually like 
see what would match your skin, what makeup would look good on you. Mm-hmm. And so it's good to see that the beauty industry is finally acknowledging that there is no one definition of beautiful. And but it and it, keeping makeup aside, even if you look at clothing, right? Yeah. Clothing has expanded into uh, different body sizes. Yeah. Now you'll see that, you know, let it come to lingerie, they go up to, I don't know, like 44 and triple d's or even like for body for clothing like t-shirts and tops you're doing like xl xxl and that's amazing yeah to see that there's such a diversity in like uh body Mm -hmm. sizes yeah i just wish there was a bit more availability because they run out of sizes quickly or there's specific stores for it yeah that's true but yeah i think the main i think the mainstream brands Mm -hmm. it would fare well for them commercially if they actually tried to do a bit of market research and you know try to understand that hey what demographic we need to address what body size we need because there is a demand right and i think uh at least one of one beauty blogger who I really admire and how she's, you know, dressed body size is Nabella. Yeah. Uh, a very famous Bangladesh American uh, blog, Instagrammer slash beauty He's blogger yeah. uh, from uh, New York City. And it's amazing. Like, you know, like she recently did an ad with Calvin Klein. Mm-hmm. And it was so nice for me to see because I always see Calvin Klein, like my Calvin ads yeah. uh, with like the Super lingerie. Yeah. They're always done by celebrities. Like, you know, like Justin Kendall Bieber, Jenner, yeah. Kendall Jenner. Like For women, it was always celebrities and like, you know, tall, skinny, and I never saw that... Like a typical runway model. Yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. typical runway model. Yeah. But for when I saw Nobella, and I was like, that's nice to see, you yeah, know? that exactly. You know, and that actually, this is where I realized that, you know, like, representation matters. Because yeah. when I saw her, I bet a lot of women who look like her, including myself, I'm a woman of color, plus a lot of women who are bigger sizes, mm-hmm. uh, like Nobella, and even I would say that I'm not maybe a, a size smaller than her, but I'm still big compared to what the standard is. Yeah. Um, it's now easy like I saw that and that's when I was like oh yeah like it's possible right yeah so that's where representation really matters yeah, and diversity of representation because yeah like, yeah like we see more fitness enthusiasts we see more women being really fit and healthy and you know really into nutrition mm-hmm. but at the same time we're seeing people who are embracing their bodies when they're curvy when they have like rolls when they have like flat yeah it's like they're just embracing it and the Photoshop is becoming less and it's nice like you know we have runway models who are with a certain build and that's great like if you're built like that that's amazing yeah, yeah. you you go live your healthiest best life that way but there is a there are more people who are not represented by those yeah. typical runway models and it's good that we have with all its negatives it's good that Instagram gave us the opportunity for different influencers different Instagram models yeah who fit a wide wider range of Just, women yeah it's good to see that, you know? Yeah. And we see that in even when you look at, like, mannequins, yeah. like, in stores, right? Now, there's, like, different sizes. Not all of them are literally, like, runway I've models. I've actually seen mannequins without legs or arms. So, like, they also they also kind of represent people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. nice. And there's also representation now in terms of having pe- more people on on billboards and in magazines that have skin conditions mm-hmm. per se like Vidalico Vidalico is that how yeah, you say Vidalico. it Vidalico. yeah with right. Winnie Harlow she's a very popular model now she's mm-hmm. been on the cover of Vogue and there's other people with other different ki- kinds of skin conditions and they're also being represented yeah. now too yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's great you know that things have expanded like there's more representation of different body size uh, different skin color different conditions to say mm-hmm. but then that it makes me question are brands or corporations doing it for the sake of doing it because diversity is in trend yeah. or are they doing it because they truly believe it right because yeah. 
think about Victoria's Secret. Yeah. Right? Like Victoria's Secret last year and then at the fashion show, it was the marketing head, uh, Ed Razik, a uh, creative director, sorry. He said, oh, you know, he was asked, why do you guys never cast plus size or trans women? Mm-hmm. And he literally said, oh, you know, because they can't really deliver a fantasy. Yeah. And that was... And it was almost as disappointing because some of their models were asked that question. I think Bahati Prinsloo, she oh, was yeah. she was asked that in an interview, and she was just like, "It's just, it's just something that people aspire to be. It's a fantasy, so I don't. It doesn't mean anything. And it's like the fact that you think that this is what everybody aspires to be. It's like, like, no, if I'm born a certain way, or if I choose to be a certain way, I'm not aspiring to that. So it'd be nice to have the biggest fashion show in the world yeah. that everybody." Um, looks sorry that's my phone yeah. <laughs> that everybody um, that everybody like looks up to so like I remember just sitting waiting for like the week that I'm going to be able to watch the show with my friends and I never thought about it but now that I'm like I know more and I know that my choices affect mm-hmm. the way that companies behave yeah I wouldn't want to and you know, it's like it's sort of Watch like a, it's sort of like a privilege, right? You thought as a mo- you thought mm-hmm. it's okay to say. Yeah. So I remember after uh, after all that crap that yeah. Ed Ravik said uh, there's this uh, transgender Instagrammer she's called Nikita Dragon oh, yeah. and she uh, she's a beautiful trans woman and she did a whole video with like you know lingerie and like wings and essentially was the idea of the video was how trans women can be you know can deliver on the fantasy and they it was it was very sexy oh, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you know after that Victoria's Secret got a lot of backlash yeah it a was a lot of profit loss exactly a lot of backlash because they were not the brand of the 20 of 2019 anymore no. and you know when you've got a show like or a brand like Savage Fenty where mm-hmm. Rihanna's like cast women of different shapes and different colors and mm-hmm. different like Winnie Harlow was there too so Victoria's Secret's failure to pr- represent diversity and difference in its consumers and demographic is targeting is bad it's yeah, horrible really yeah. and which is why i think under a lot of pressure and just like a couple months ago they finally cast it on like some catalog or some yeah. ad shoot um mm-hmm. a trans woman and a plus size woman. yeah yeah, and yeah. then, but then you know, <laughs> and that's that, that's the part like where you question that is that authentic? Like, exactly. Do you do it because you believe in it? Because I don't. Think or because you, you received all that backlash? Exactly. Because up until then, you were pretty firm on your point that you were a fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the true. I think I think your authenticity really shows through, and your intention and your authenticity with that intention really shows through what you portray out there. Mm-hmm. So I think people are not stupid. They know. To some point, they know when when they're not when they're not genuinely there for diversity for inclusion when they're just there so that their marketing game is strong, mm-hmm. right? Because we're not stupid. I think we can kind of see through that. And the same thing with like say, um, pride parades, right? There's so many people who are, who have stopped going to them or have kind of like tried to disassociate with them because so many marketing so many marketing games going on there, right? Mm-hmm. Companies being here, we're at the Pride Parade, or yeah. like here, the commercial pride, pride promotion, yeah. just because they're, they want to cash in, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate. That's true. It's very tricky. Like, how do you know someone's being authentic? I think you have an inkling of when someone is being authentic, but it's really hard to tell. And like, now, Victor, Victoria's Secret wasn't authentic, right? Which is why I think they got canceled. They canceled their annual fashion show. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, even now with like diversity coming in it's like you know there's this term thick women Mm -hmm. that is like oh like now it's like women who are just not skinny so they're a bit chubbier or healthier or like oh you're thick so i feel like five years ago those same women 
would be called fat. Yeah, for sure. Or like, you know, like you're... Or too curvy. Yeah. Or you just have a too, bit too much weight on yourself. Yeah. Or they wouldn't find jeans to fit them properly. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a struggle. Yeah. So yeah. now it's like, it's, you know, the definition change of what I think, uh, what is beautiful with respect to your physique. Yeah. And if you're... Um, so now fat has become thick. Yeah. Right? It's pretty stupid. Yeah, and it's sad because when you say thick, it's like women have been curvy and have different types of bodies their whole life. Yeah. And different cultures have always had maybe a certain typical body type for that culture. But now it's like it was never popular then. Mm-hmm. They were kind of shamed for it. They were looked down upon for it. And now that's when the trustworthiness comes in again. It's like now all of a sudden you're embracing. Uh-huh. Not, I don't even know if embracing, but now you're, you're celebrating our culture and like saying that it's really cool to be thick. And like every like people are getting butt injections. People yeah. are getting bigger lips, which... African women, black women have always been kind of like... They've had thick lips. Yeah, they've always had thick lips and they've also been made fun of, so right? Because that, of those thick lips. Being that, compared to animals, being compared to... Then that's terrible. Yeah, right? Why is it that the big lips are not okay and pretty desirable because Kylie Jenner did it? Yeah, Whereas woman. black women had thick lips and they're beautiful and that was a part of their beauty, right? But that was not the standard because a white person didn't do it. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, even though, like, right now, it's like, you know, there's a certain type of body type that's being desired to say, like, you know, being curvy, and a lot of the credit goes to Kim Kardashian, right? But I think there is a part of, of like, you know, there's still a group of women and who are, you know, who still are, you know, the same, like, in the sense that they're thin, they're skinny, or they're more fairer. And I think from some of the responses we heard, I think, because they were from women that who fit this definition of beauty standard in a sense. And I think they were saying that sometimes the conversation skews too much, mm-hmm. too far to one side. Yeah. And then the question becomes that, you know, should, you know, should these skin, should, should a skin, skinny, fair woman be not a part of an ad campaign? Yeah. Or not be considered desirable anymore. Yeah. And I, I what do you, like, what do you um, feel about that? I feel like we shouldn't be changing the definition of what, desirable or beautiful is but just adding to it to include more people mm-hmm. so just because for 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 a very long time we've always thought that skinny people are desirable and like we we want to be like them we want to lose weight to have that body shape mm-hmm. but and now but now we're embracing the fact that our bodies are beautiful too mm-hmm. being curvy and i'm saying our because my shan are pretty curvy people yeah. so yeah that's why i kept seeing keeps yeah. our because we don't like, fit the we don't fit the normal definition yeah we don't fit the normal definition of the skinny straight figured bodies but yeah so now now that we're including all these other types of women that haven't been included for so long mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that because you're born because your body frame is slender it doesn't mean that you're no longer desirable mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. I and mean, you shouldn't be made to feel you shouldn't be made to feel bad about that as well because yeah. you can't change that yeah. really and even brands who are embracing, you know, diversity and trying to, you know, make sure that everyone's represented, they shouldn't, you know, put aside this group of women who, yeah. you know, this group of women who are of the type or who have been striving to the type that was the ideal beauty standard for decades, essentially. Because yeah. it's not their fault that the world is honestly rigged against women, yeah. where only one type of women can sit on the table. And, yes. You know, it's not like that. You need that. to include all. Exactly. Yeah, and I think... um the point where say some people are feeling almost uncomfortable because now all of a sudden everywhere you go every page you open there's all this positive um, promotion for people with bigger bodies right Mm -hmm. so then maybe that's what's causing certain other people to be like well my body's no longer celebrated but i think that like the fact that curvier bodies are everywhere now 
I don't think that should also make people feel bad, mm-hmm. make people who don't have that body type feel bad because they haven't been represented for so, so long. Yeah. So this is making, this is like, for people who have been shamed for this, having the certain curvy, bigger body type, have been have gone through a lot. So like, for, for, like you, have forever, to, you have right? to give them, like they haven't gotten a seat at the table for so long. So let them get numerous seats now. Get that, let them get that, be under spotlight. Yeah, let right? them, like, you just have to understand, like no one's against you. And I'm sure that balancing act's going to happen eventually yeah. where we're going to balance out. Yeah. But for the time being, we do need a little bit more spotlight on that I yeah, think, yeah. And it's the same but argument of, for anything right yeah but then at the end of the day no group of women should ever be like discarded yeah. right yeah. and i think that's where the whole commercialization comes in just because diversity is in brands shouldn't try to cash in on diversity and you know discard this type of image or standard that they've been embracing celebrating commercializing and making money off for all yeah. this time so i think it's important to realize that you that all women should be uplifted. Yeah. Not just like one body type exactly. or one skin color. And no one should you know, be told other. you're no longer cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, from most of the responses we got from our friends, majority of them were skeptical of whether they're happy that there's more diversity inclusion out there, but they're very skeptical of the intention behind it. Yeah. That companies mm-hmm. and platforms that are being provided to these women, like, are they being authentic? Yeah. And I think, I think it's, it's not, it's up to the companies to really show everyone and all of us that you are being authentic it's you do actually care about us mm-hmm. because it's just going to help them in the long run like yeah. if they're more authentic about it and really take action to promote and to help women yeah who've been neglected or who are feeling neglected now i think it's just gonna be your brand will everybody. just honestly be, be, yeah. be like be more successful at the end of the day if you yeah. do that mm-hmm. so i think it's important to realize that you know there's still that group of girls who still are because there's still girls who are still you know skinny or you know th- fair or you know tall right and that's still beautiful yeah and that's the thing they should be made to feel like that they're not desirable anymore mm-hmm. everyone for women everyone so i think that's i think the world needs to understand and brands need to understand that don't pit one type one you know don't have woman against another mm-hmm. everyone should yes. be celebrated yep yep so moving on from that the third question that we asked our friends is what else do you think needs to be represented mm-hmm. i know we kind of touched on it while we were talking about it but um we actually got a great list of of things that people that our friends feel are still not being represented mm-hmm. and i think the main one that really um resonated with me was that people with disabilities Mm-hmm. are not as represented in the mainstream mainstream advertisements, mainstream campaigns and whatnot. You know, like we do see a lot more people of color, a lot more people of different body sizes, but we don't really see people with... Disabilities as much. Yeah, and it's not even something that maybe many of us thought about as, as a factor of diversity, mm-hmm. but that is, ableism is a thing, right? Yeah. 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 So I think, and I learned this when one of my classes we were learning to design for accessible needs. Mm-hmm. It's like every these day-to-day things frustrated people with disabilities, right? When they can't just get from point A to point B because the design is not made for them to get, mm-hmm. that's what causes them to not be mobile. Not the yeah. fact that their legs don't work. Yeah. It's the fact that the system doesn't let them move from A to B, yeah. right? Because, I mean, they they still can be productive. They can still contribute. Yeah. If you let them do a lot, yeah. they can contribute a lot. Yeah. So the same way, if you make them feel like they Very are well part... Said. Yeah, thank you. So if you let make them feel like they are part of the everyday, day-to-day life that every other woman is, Mm-hmm. They can contribute to beauty so in so many mm-hmm. more ways. They can mm-hmm. influence more people who are feeling low about themselves mm-hmm. to just to gain more confidence and do more good in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing, another demographic that should be included more in the conversation and uh, should be represented more is older women, right? Yeah. Because I feel like I feel like when it comes to fashion, when it comes to makeup, a lot of 
companies cut they have, they've got a, like a cutoff age for women that can be like put on an ad campaign right yeah. or even on a poster or something right it's like older women past like i don't know 50 or 60 or not are not represented yeah. i think cover girl in this way was very um forward thinking because they actually um featured elon musk's mom's name oh which i don't remember right now that's fine <laughs> right uh but and she's beautiful like you mm-hmm. know and it, her her silver hair is it's just like it's mm-hmm. pretty like dashing honestly yeah very sexy and that, yeah and that's where the double standard kind of comes in because we consider a man with white hair silver fit, fox silver fox but like there's so many beautiful women out there who are fit yeah. and mature. Yeah, and I've recently had the obsession with watching these Vogue um, skincare routines of older people, yeah. of older women, because yeah. I'm trying to find like good skincare routine for my mom. So I've yeah. been watching a lot. So I'm glad that that's available. Like I recently watched Demi Moore's, yeah, and then um, a few other people's, and I'm glad that that's there because I don't think I've ever come across that in my like YouTube feed mm-hmm. before. And it's so, so so it's nice that you know that is getting some some sort of lighting in mm-hmm. that in there. And I think even I remember Kim Kardashian had a camp when she was releasing her concealers. Yeah, she was doing a when she was releasing her launch campaign. Um, the campaign featured her, her mom, and her grandmother, and mm-hmm. I liked that about what about her campaign because she actually even said that how the concealer has like anti aging ingredients, so she yeah. was also targeting the older demographic. Yeah, and that's good. She didn't leave them out, right? Exactly. Because just because a woman is above fifty or above sixty doesn't mean she doesn't have the right to look beautiful, wear fashionable clothes. Yeah. Whereas a man, as you said, doesn't matter if he's fifty, sixty, seventy. You know, he's sexy the mm-hmm. silver fox is desirable yeah. and yeah in fact we applaud women in their 50s and 60s when they still look like they're 40 yeah so we applaud them for still looking so young but yeah. not, we don't applaud them for aging gracefully yeah. or like aging or like aging. embracing their yeah. the qualities that come yeah. with aging such as yeah. wrinkly skin gray yeah. hair exactly yeah and like no one's asking say kylie jenner to include um, older people in her skincare line because her demographic is clearly different. Yeah, yeah But people. it's good that Kim Kardashian, for example, uses it in her skincare yeah. line and whatnot. Yeah. yeah because yeah. no one's asking to change your demographic, but just there needs to be more representation for that yeah. group from and different that, brands. And that matters, right? Yeah. Because sometimes a lot of the older demographic, even for brands, honestly, like to put it very bluntly, a lot brands look at how much money they can make from the products they sell, right? Yeah. So if I'm talking to a brand, brand directly, I would say you have a lot of money to make if you tra- if you do target the older demographic. Because the older demographic yeah. actually has a lot more money. So if you do sell products catering to their needs, yeah. not just makeup, but also fashion, represent them more in campaigns, then you'll actually tap into that market where you'll sell, you'll be able to sell a lot more products yeah, to exactly. them. Then I think another thing that would need to be more represented is indigenous people. Yes. You know, I, I feel like there's not enough representation. Yeah. Um, just like with people with disabilities, right? Uh, indigenous people, I think, somehow get left out of the conversation. Yeah. And, and they're not maybe often considered as a different culture. Yeah. In the in the in the name of diversity, yeah, yeah, they're even like sometimes looked over, yeah, right. Where that's actually co- a good word. They're looked over, like they're not included in the diversity. They're not included in the mainstream. Like, where do they? Yeah, yeah. And whereas actually they are a separate culture and yeah, sometimes their very culture rich is culture, very rich culture, very old. Like it's existed for thousands of years. Yeah, and it's very rooted in nature and yeah. uh, spirituality. Yeah, and. I don't have, I don't know all the indigenous cultures. Yeah, and like cultures. now that I think about it, like it might be ignorant of me, but I don't know any 
say very famous um, indigenous people in the beauty industry. Me like, neither. Yeah, and yeah. that could that's definitely a, a fault on my own part for not knowing enough, but but it's, it's also, also a fault of the mainstream for not showing it to yeah me, for not highlighting someone right. Where yeah. I'm pretty sure there are indigenous women who are beautiful. They're indigenous indigenous designers. Yeah, so designers. That's a good like one. they, they should be featured, right? Like yeah, sometimes embroideries in, and whatnot. sometimes in Vancouver you can actually go to like there's some um, shops that are owned by First Nations people. Mm-hmm. and you'll see their clothes it's so beautiful the culture is represented in it and that's when you realize oh like the products are so beautiful why yeah. can't i find it if i'm like looking on i don't know like where do i shop from thinking <laughs> of? Um, yeah yeah any, any yeah why don't we stores. see it represented by their yeah. people not just on the basic women that yeah. we see yeah so that's mm-hmm. that's my question you know so i think that's one group that should definitely be represented more yeah um yeah yeah, and then other groups that definitely need to be more represented in the beauty industry are transgender women yes. or gender non-conforming people, yeah. as well as men, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, like just going, just talking about men first. Men have a certain standard that they're expected to always live up to, which is obviously muscular, fit. Um, you know, balding is a major insecurity that men that men have, or say, oh, the need to always accessorize with like expensive things to show that I'm a stable man, I can afford expensive things, mm-hmm. right? So we need to have different kinds of advertisements and different kinds of beauty standards set for men as mm-hmm. well, so they can just be mm-hmm. themselves, not necessarily always be that same type. And for transgender transgender women, like there's a few that are represented, but I think a vast majority of major companies don't don't really have advertising based on that i know i've seen some great ads on the mac mm-hmm. like unbuilt on yeah, subways they, and stuff i've seen great advertisements from mac showing a lot of trans trans people so that's good yeah. mm-hmm. i think when it comes to transgender like we're now seeing more um more a bit a bit more representation like i think um there's this uh actress called india moore I'm not, not sure they pronounced her name right, but she's transgender. And if you if you find her story, it's she struggled her entire life for the fact that she wants to be a woman, you know. And she's and she's a beautiful woman. And I think there's a show called Pose. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got India Moore in it. It's got uh, Billy Porter in it, and yeah. it's really fake. It's, it's I'm, I haven't watched the show. I don't watch the show regularly, but I saw the trailer and it focused on transgender issues. And the greatest thing is they actually cast a transgender actors. Oh. So I think it's important for beauty standards, whether it be makeup or clothing, they should cater to transgender people as yeah, well. Because they have specific needs that say just your average female or your average male doesn't have. So yeah. they need specifically tailored yeah 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 or even like you know as i mentioned that transgender instagrammer nikita right? yeah she's a, she's a woman she's a trans woman yeah but um she's as beautiful yeah. and you know she could easily walk on the victoria's secret fashion show yeah. you know and why not why would you think that trans women can't deliver on a fantasy right yeah when they want to be accepted as women yes. when you say that they can't deliver on a fantasy or when you make that distinction you're you're invalidating the fact that they feel they are a woman mm-hmm. they are a woman why will you not acknowledge it but yeah it kind of yeah it's pretty yeah. shit that people don't yeah. give them uh what they deserve more space but yeah yeah more representation and yeah similar to trans women i think gender non-binary people right yeah so i think gender non-conforming people um there's an instagrammer that i follow his call he, he's alok menon oh yeah um he's he's a he's gender non-conforming in the sense that he doesn't dress 
like only he's a man but he doesn't dress only how men do he's also dresses in like feminine clothing okay. and you know at the end of the, but he gets a lot of hate for it yeah. just because and i see and from the name he's indian yeah he's yeah, indian so he indian, probably gets a lot of hate from indian. the culture but he was born and raised in the us okay um but even in us you know he gets a lot of hate and it's i see i understand for humans when we see anything that's different than what we are comfortable in yeah that gives us discomfort so the only way we know how to adapt to it is by reacting like yeah. in a hostile way like yeah. you know we think that it's not okay to accept it because it's so different than what we're familiar with or we don't get put them on the highest platform because we think it's going to offend another group of yeah. people that buy your products yeah exactly yeah. so but gender non conforming people they do exist right yeah. and at the end of the day i feel like you know life is short let people be who they are what they mm-hmm. want to be how they want to dress yeah but it's important that their existence be acknowledged and they should be represented in yeah, the conversation for sure. in the beauty standard yeah representation yeah. matters yeah. for sure and i think you know like when it comes to beauty standards for men and you know gender non-confirmed people or transgender or even lgbtq i think that's whole and a whole another episode that Zara and i would definitely want to like yeah, dive exactly. in, in more details yeah and that could After be like a part two more people about yeah. it yeah and that could be like a part two of our uh, beauty standards yeah. mission um to say yeah so i think at the end of the day what's important to understand is that oh and i, I want to add one more thing that i do think needs to be changed is yeah arranged marriage oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's important because in our part of the world i've seen women i've seen how brown aunties yeah. talk about how women how girl is too fat or too yeah like one time i had one of my childhood best friend her cousin who's brilliant and smart like works as a i think software engineer in microsoft in the u.s she would get rejected and i literally say rejected yeah as if it's a job offer you're applying for you're not yeah <laughs> but she'd get rejected by the brown aunties because they would say that she's too fat for their son and i'm just like that's so ridiculous she's so brilliant yeah why are you judging her self-worth by her body yeah like it's ridiculous it's but ridiculous. that's how it is right yeah so basically the beauty standards need to change or there should not really be any set standards and we should just be more inclusive of everybody so that we don't have to go through that that hurt of being rejected for certain qualities that yeah. are inherently ours because they inherently end, define us and shape us and make us who we are yeah like these older generations of people um or these older generation ideologies they're slowly disappearing but they need to disappear like yeah that that is the as it that yeah. and that ideology mean that that is the only right thing yeah, exactly you know, like that is ideal standard these age old beliefs that you're prettier if you're this you're blah blah, blah if you're that you're nicer if you're this you're more eligible if you're that it's just it just needs to disappear and yeah. and i think like i am hopeful that the future generation is going to have it better yeah. like i know we have it so much better than our families did yeah it's like till this day my family likes to tell stories about how um my mom, my mother's sister was fair then her sister was more beautiful and like there's 10,000 stories like that in everybody's families and it's just like we don't need to have that at the yeah. dinner table. We yeah. can talk about other things at the dinner yeah. table. Like these useless, baseless yeah. conversations just need to disappear. And you know, when you when you're literally telling a woman that you're too mm-hmm. fat or you're uh, too dark, and essentially someone who doesn't fit the ideal of a skinny, yeah. uh, fair, tall, maybe you know, starting for the European beauty, essentially. Yeah, or, exactly. 
if you're not that then if you tell a person that you're not that and it's in a very judgy way as if it's wrong and as if they're unaccepted it really hits your self-confidence mm -hmm. and you know for sometimes it can be hitting you really hard and it can it can it'll always that experience will always stay with you yeah and it can lead to right? dire consequences yeah too. and if it's sometimes really bad it can lead to depression it can even lead to suicide right yeah exactly Being bullied for yeah. all that um so i think the converse and this should not say that sometimes women who are even extremely like clinically they have problems such as anorexia or bulimia yeah even that right that's the other end of the conversation right that you shouldn't really be torturing someone for their body shape yeah and similarly in today's time people having massive health consequences from injections right from mm -hmm. but injections from having eyelid surgeries and all this yeah that's also something that maybe was unnecessary maybe that person would have gone through if it wasn't such say so all of a sudden the curvy figure was so in right yeah. if they didn't feel the need to match that yeah it's sad, it's sad. but yeah. yeah i think i so i think what like as we said earlier right like our companies embracing diversity and you know in leveraging that for inclusion mm -hmm. uh for because they truly believe in it or they're doing it because if what it because diversity is what is in trend now because i honestly i don't think that as people as women who are diverse yeah both of us as women of color or you know so many women we're different than ideal really uh, i don't want to be a box that you are you're gonna tick yeah exactly. you know what you take is something like oh have i done my groceries today have yeah. i bought potatoes today you know i am not a, on a checklist yeah you know and i think that applies for any place let it be in media or arts or entertainment or beauty industry or even workplaces exactly. right diversity should not be a box for you to take yeah and then for you to pat yourself on the back mm -hmm. that you did it exactly just because you 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 literally like okay this is what sabisachi it's an indian designer who creates amazing beautiful, beautiful bridal wear and we love them yeah um they actually started casting uh you'll see in their campaigns like all skinny tall women mm -hmm. i mean yeah sometimes a skin color is variation so that's good there's diversity in skin color but with respect to body type yeah you'll see that one, one. fat and i'm putting fat in quotation marks because in brown <laughs> definition that would be fat but there's that one token person right yeah or even sometimes in a campaign or in a, some place you'll see that there's one black woman yeah right? or like the one person of color yeah, the one asian there. yeah right exactly right and uh it's not a token diversity when you do that it really makes me feel mm -hmm. like you're literally doing hiring that one person because you you think diversity is a yeah. trend so you want to cash in on that yeah i think like thinking of sabiasachi like i've heard him speak at many events and he's a genuinely good guy you know i can oh, yeah. see that he wants to change the industry yeah but maybe for the sake of his marketing team for the sake of his sales for all these years he didn't cast what he what wasn't in trend at the moment and now he's trying to change that so yeah. right now he has that one token yeah. and i'm hoping that it goes from that one token to True. just fully embracing himself and, and his personality yeah. and embracing others because i know he, he wants yeah, to i know he, he wants is. to be genuinely yeah inclusive yeah but who he is it's coming is... off a little weird right now <laughs> yeah yeah because who he is is as you said he's a great guy he, do, he does believe in you know beauty standard not being defined as one really as embracing all the women for who he is and sometimes very i like how he speaks about it but mm -hmm. i think when it comes to his company they think with respect to numbers and they, exactly what's in trend right so now hopefully they'll think with their heart yeah hopefully he and will humanity yeah yeah. I, yeah I mean at the end of the day diversity is not a box for someone to tick on mm -hmm. and most importantly because at the end of the day even the diversity is in trend now mm -hmm fine 20 years later diversity is not in trend does that mean you're no longer going to represent all these different body types yeah. different types of skin color anymore yeah right because at the end of the day these people that you're representing will still exist mm -hmm. 
So you need to understand that we're here to stay. Yeah. Everyone is here to stay. Let mm-hmm. it be a, a skinny, tall, fair white woman, or it's a black woman, or brown woman, or Asian. Everyone is here to stay. So represent yeah. all of us. Yes. Yeah. That's all we ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Yeah. See you next episode.